Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, it says, And when he was come uh, from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, many times people do believe that God can, but they do not believe that God will. I'm going to read it again. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He did believe that God could. He did believe that Jesus could, didn't he? If you will, you can make me clean. Now, here's a leper. His flesh is being eaten away by this disease. And he said, I believe, Jesus, you can make me clean, if you will. So understanding God's will is very valuable in your life, that God will do what he promises. Now let's go to verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That's a pretty powerful thing, isn't it? One moment his leprosy was eaten up his flesh. Next moment, leprosy was gone. His flesh was restored. It's a miracle. And a miracle of healing in this, in this man's body supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature, so to speak. In other words, naturally, he's on a road to death. But God turned his captivity and turned things around for him. And God still does that today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He hasn't changed his mind about healing. And notice Jesus' response when, when the man is asking the question, Lord, if uh, you will, I know you can, but if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will, I will be thou clean. Establishing that it is the will of God for you to be healed is very vital, very important. Because if there's always a question mark whether or not it is his will, then it's difficult to receive from God. But if you know in whom you have believed, and you are persuaded, you're persuaded of the promises of God, and you're, you're persuaded that uh, it is his will for you to be healed, then, then you can pursue that and believe to receive that from God. And so, uh, this man needed that question answered, or he needed it resolved in his own heart, in his own mind, didn't he? Jesus said, I will be thou clean. Now, I'm going to read it to you out of a few other translations, just portions of these verses. Wade's translation said, if you have the will, you have the power to cleanse me. And Jesus' response, I have the will, be cleansed. And then the Phillips translation, if you want to, you can make me clean. He said, of course I want to. Be clean. 
Of course I want to. And, and Knox says it just very simple. It is my will. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I mean, uh, many years ago, my wife and I had not had children. And uh, in the natural course of time, you would have thought we would have. And wanted to have kids. And were believing to. But there was a season while we were believing that my wife, she didn't tell me this, but she started questioning whether or not it was the will of God considering our schedule, our lifestyle, and serving in the ministry and doing the will of God. We, uh, she started questioning perhaps it wasn't the will of God without any communication to me about that. You know, the devil would sometimes just put thoughts in your mind. And what are you going to do with those thoughts? So she was questioning that. We were at this meeting in a conference with uh, Pastor B.B. Hankins. And, and there was a, a man of God there that had a prophetic ministry. And he said, uh, he just spoke a word over her. It was very simple. It is my will. Well, there you go. He didn't say anything else. He said, it is my will. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that settled that question. You know, the Lord knows how to talk to you and settle your questions. And I trust the Word of God would be the primary way He settles your questions. In other words, if He declares it in His Word, then it is His will, then it is His will. Uh, so, so we can establish in our hearts that it is God's will. And then some would say, well, maybe it's his will for this person to be healed. But I'm not sure about for me. Well, we're going to study a little bit today. And we have been studying on healing and redemption. Well, that would settle that question, I believe, for most any person that would uh, believe the Word of God concerning redemption. Because if He redeemed you from sin and He redeemed you from sickness, which one are you going to choose? I'm going to choose both of them. And all the rest of the things He redeemed us from as well. Amen? So... Another translation, Weiss translation says, I am desiring it from all my heart. I am desiring it from all my heart. Be cleansed at once. In other words, we're not going to wait on this. We're going to take care of this right now. Jesus said, be cleansed at once. And immediately, this person was healed. Go with me to John chapter 6, and we'll look at verse 38. John chapter 6 and verse 38. Somebody say it with me. It is His will for me to be healed. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus was speaking here. He said, For I came down from heaven... Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but I came to do the will of the Father. Because the Father sent him. I came to do the will of him that sent me. So if Jesus came to do the will of him that sent him, or the will of the Father, whatever Jesus does is an expression of the will of the Father. Would you agree? 
So then, if we can examine the life and the ministry of Jesus and uh, see what Jesus did in his earthly ministry, then we would see something of a picture of the will of God in action, wouldn't we? Remember Jesus, uh, when the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus' response was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? In earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus was the expression of the will of God from heaven in the earth. And we are to pray that way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Well, that would be in the earth and that would be in your earthen vessel, which is your body. The scripture calls your body earthen vessel. So your body is like a, a, a vessel. Actually, your body came from the earth, didn't it? You say, it came from my mom and dad. Yeah, that's true. But Adam started out from the dirt, and so you got dirt in you. <laughs> the primary, primary things in your body is earth, dirt, and water. So if you're so impressed with your body, it's basically mud. All right, so... <laughs> uh, and uh, our bodies are also... I mean, scientifically, it's dirt and water. And so, uh, from the natural standpoint, but God has made your body his temple. In other words, your body is referred to as a temple of God. It's referred to as an earthen vessel. It's referred to as a, a house in which you live. It is referred to as a temple, a dwelling place. So, God lives in you, so therefore God has made your body his temple. So he values your body, doesn't he? If he would come to live in it, he would value it. And so your body being the temple of God, he cares for your body just like he cares for your spiritual life and your emotional life, your mind, your will. He cares for your person, your whole spirit, soul, and body. And so Jesus said, I came not to do my own will, basically, but I came to do the will of the Father. I didn't come to do what I wanted to do. I came to do what he wanted me to do. And even in the end of his life, his prayer was, not my will, but your will be done. Wasn't it? Even to go to the cross. So he was here fully to do the will of the Father. Now go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And in John chapter 14... We're going to begin there with verse 7. Verse 7. The noted verse, a verse that is pretty familiar with most people who are believers. Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And I'm going to emphasize the truth. So what Jesus said was a representation of who he was. He said, I am the truth. So the scripture tells us that God cannot lie. Not just will not. He will not because his character would not uh, allow him to. But uh, God cannot lie. He will not lie, but he cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Because God is a God of truth and without iniquity. 
So God is the embodiment of truth. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. In other words, uh, that's who he is. And so Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this happens to be Jesus speaking here. And what did he say in verse 7? If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. He said, if you've known me, you've known the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Pretty much, right? From henceforth you know him and have seen him. Because he was so much an expression of the Father. He was God manifest in the flesh. There is a Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they're all God. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so here, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father, basically. If you've known me, you've known the Father. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It's sufficient. Show us the Father. Now, Jesus just said, if you... So if you ever wonder why, you know, I repeat things. Here's the answer. Because people don't always get it on the first round. So Jesus just said that, but he said, Lord, show us the Father. And uh, verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you? In other words, I've been teaching you for a while. Have I been so long with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? If you've seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. Why would you say, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? We are one, basically. I'm in the Father, the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works, or he does the work. So what's Jesus saying? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you hear me speak, basically you've heard the Father. If you see my works, then you've seen the Father's works. Because he said, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. So if you see me working, you are seeing the Father work. So whatever I do, that's what the Father does. Are you with me? Very simple, but very profound. So anytime you see Jesus in action, you see the Father in action. Anytime you see Jesus heal the sick, you see Father God heal the sick. Because he said, it's the Father that does the works. All right, so let's go to verse 11. Believe me that I am in in the Father and the Father in me. Just believe that. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. If you can't just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, you see my work, so, and it's the Father that does the work, so that ought to bring a little extra convincing to you. And so the Word of God, we see Jesus in action, so we see God the Father in action. And so anytime you see Jesus heal, you see the Father heal. 
And then Jesus even takes it further and he says in verse 12, Verity, verity, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So he's just said, you also as a believer can do the works of Jesus. You can do the works of the Father because Jesus is in you. The Father's in you. And so the power of God's in you. I, I think we uh, should uh, kick that up a notch, don't you think? Amen. Believers are referred to in uh, uh, Mark chapter 16. It says, believers shall lay hands on the sick. And they, the sick, shall recover. So believers, and that means you. So part of uh, reaching our world is laying hands on the sick. Because there's a lot of sick people. You know, people get real open about help if they're sick. It's true. People, they may not even have any regard for God at all. But if they're really sick, then they're open mind, a little open-minded about people praying for them. Because they're hurting. They're in pain. And they don't know how to help themselves. They don't know how to uh, make this go away. Right? But Jesus is the healer. I said Jesus is the healer. And believers can lay hands on the sick. You don't have to be an apostle to lay hands on the sick. You don't have to be a prophet to lay hands on the sick. You don't have to be a pastor to lay hands on the sick. You don't have to be a, 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 a teacher to lay hands on the sick or an evangelist to lay hands on the sick. No, believers. Everybody say believers. believers. Look at your neighbor. Are you a believer? Okay, if you're a believer, then you can do this. Anybody can. Anybody who believes in Jesus can do this because Jesus said you could. If Jesus said you can, then you can. So to see the Father, you just look at the life of Jesus. If you want to see the will of God in action, you can look at the life and the ministry of Jesus. So we're going to just do that. Take a, a little journey here and look at a few scriptures regarding the ministry of Jesus, beginning with Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, <laughs> if you were to walk in a dark room, and especially in an unfamiliar dark room, you would probably, even though you believe something was in the room that you wanted, you would probably not find it. But if you flip the light on, then it's pretty easy to find something. If it is somewhat obvious, it's not hard to find. You can find it. Why? The light's on it. And so, what we're doing here, when we read the Bible and study the Word, then we're just basically flipping the light on. I mean, even Motel 6 will leave the light on for you. I'm not encouraging you to stay there, but uh, they will leave the light on you. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's not a marketing strategy. All right, so... God's Word turns the light on, doesn't it? All right, Matthew chapter 8, we're going to look at verse uh, 16 there. Verse 
Verse 16 says, And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed a few sick people. And he healed what? All that were sick. Of course, we've looked at the verse, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And we looked at the redemptive reality of what Jesus has done in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we, what, are healed. We looked at the New Testament, 1 Peter 2 and 20, uh, 24, who his own self bears sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you what were healed. Everybody say were. Well, if you were, then you are. All right, so without taking the time to reiterate that too much and go over that, we'll just stay on this mission here. What does it say in verse 16? He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Somebody say all. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And we'll look at verse 35. Verse 35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now, if he went about all the cities and villages, this is what he did when he went about. All the cities and villages. Are you with me? He went about all the cities and villages doing what? Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So he went about a lot of different places. When we were in Israel and we go to Israel, we'll go uh, to this uh, actually in Magdala. Uh, in recent years, they've just discovered that it was an actual synagogue in Magdala. And where Jesus, without question, actually stood and he taught. And so, you know, they're constantly finding, ex- excavating and finding new things in Israel. It's a constant thing. And so it's really cool to stand right there and you see and you can actually see uh, the floor and the stones, the original stones, you can actually see it. You can, uh, they found a stone uh, there, which would basically be, by, uh, be like a pulpit to us. And Jesus stood right there and taught. Praise the Lord. And so, Jesus is teaching, it says, in their synagogues, not just one, but many, in different cities and villages, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So Jesus didn't just do this one place. He did it place after place. He didn't just do it in one city. He did it in city after city. He didn't just do it in one village. He did it in village after village. He would teach. He would preach the gospel of the kingdom. And he would heal every sickness and every disease. This is what Jesus did all over the place. There was one place in his own hometown. Said he could not do many mighty works or 
there because of their unbelief. Uh, is not, you know, this is kind of like, oh, we know Jesus. Anytime you ever look at the pastor or look at the preachers, oh, we know him. We know her. You're a little too familiar. Why? Because it's more than just me talking here. This is Jesus. This is not just a, just a man. This is God's Word we're talking about. And it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we're not trying to elevate ourselves. I'm just saying, if you honor the gift of God, honor the anointing of God, and honor the Word of God, then you get a whole lot more out of it. Because in, the, in his own hometown, they could not uh, experience the power of God in the way that it was in other places. Why? Because of their unbelief. They were looking at him. Oh, that's Jesus. Oh, yeah, we grew up with Jesus. You know, it makes a difference, your attitude of receiving. And so here in this case, Jesus healed every sickness and every disease. And he did it over and over again, village after village, city after city, every sickness and every disease. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 14. You know that the Gospels are primarily, if you study the Gospels, are primarily uh, a study of the ministry of Jesus, a life in the ministry of Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter 14, we will begin with verse 34. 34 says, And when uh, they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. They brought to Jesus all that, they, that were diseased. In other words, they see Jesus is doing this everywhere he goes, so people get stirred up about it. And you see people that are hurting, they're in pain, they're diseased, and so they brought the people that were diseased. So they didn't just come themselves, they brought somebody with them. And you see this all through the Gospels, you see it in the book of Acts. It was one of the ways that people got healed, people brought them. They brought them to Jesus over and over again. And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. They brought, they brought how many of those? All that were diseased. Everybody they could find that was diseased, they brought them to Jesus. And they're, they're beseeching Jesus that he might, uh, they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were perf- made perfectly whole. Hallelujah to Jesus. Perfectly whole. Don't you love that? Well, uh, scripture in, in Acts uh, I've, I've been claiming for a few years. So when I had the accident and uh, broke uh, seven bones in my face, thank you, Jesus. You want to claim something besides broken bones, right? You want to claim your healing, praise God. So I've been claiming perfect soundness in Jesus' name. Perfect soundness. <laughs> Glory to God. Perfect soundness. So it also affected my eye. And my vision. And so I've been claiming perfect soundness. Thank you, Jesus. 
So for probably about a, a year now, I haven't even worn uh, contacts. I wasn't thinking about that, but I was claiming perfect soundness. That's a blessing, added blessing. Don't have to put contacts in every day or wear glasses, and I can actually see you. Hallelujah. <laughs> One day, I was here, and I was, um, you know, because there is a screen there. If you didn't know that, you don't have to look. All right. So, <laughs> so they have the words to the songs like they have the words there, but they're smaller on that screen than they're on your screen. And so I was looking, and it's like, man, I forget to put my contacts in. Went back, yeah, I got, got them in, got my contacts in. So I just decided to take them out. And I went, came back out, I could see. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, if you don't wear glasses and don't need them, if you wear them, it messes up your vision, right? So I don't need them. And so the eye doctors confirmed uh, twice that, no, you don't need them. Praise the Lord. Woo! Go ahead and shout with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> he made them perfectly whole, perfect soundness. How? Through faith in his name, there is perfect soundness. I was just claiming perfect soundness, and so called perfect soundness. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good. So Jesus is the same, what? Yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I took some vitamins to help my eyes. You know, I, I don't know exactly what those vitamins did, but if they're that good, I could, I would... I would market those babies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'd be a rich man, I'll tell you that. If you market, uh, market vitamins that will just clear up everybody's sight. Now, I'm telling you. How many would buy into that? See, like I said, and that's just you. Just think about all over the world. All right, so Jesus is the healer. Somebody say, Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, go with me to Acts chapter 10. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God forever. Thank God forever. Thank God forever. Hallelujah. We're going to go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If you under, uh, know the story here, uh, Peter, Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house. Supernatural intervention got him there. He saw a vision on the housetop when he was praying. Told him, the Lord told him to go with short version. The Lord told him to go with the people that were at the door and coming to uh, ask him to go with them. And Cornelius, angel visited him, told him to send for Peter. He would preach, he would come and tell him words of life and words to be saved. And 
So he sends for Peter. These guys are at the door. He goes with them. He's preaching at uh, Cornelius' household while he's there preaching right in the middle of his sermon. He says this, verse 38. So if you look at the sermons in the book of Acts, there were scripture. They preached the word. If you hear a message and you never got any word in it, you might want to find another place to listen. Why? Because Paul's admonition is preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word of God. In other words, the gospel has to be preached. Jesus preached the gospel. And within this gospel, part of the gospel is the gospel of healing. Hallelujah. How many glad for healing in the house? Praise God for it. I said, in this gospel is healing. Part of the gospel is healing. So here's Peter preaching, and he's uh, giving the word, and he's telling about Jesus, and he's speaking about Jesus, and he says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. In verse 38, you see it? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So Jesus, we know the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, right? When he was baptized of John. And so uh, when the Holy Spirit came on him, he's now doing uh, these works by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God anointed him. God the Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, and with power. And he went about doing good. Don't you love that? Doing good. Doing good and doing what? And healing. So you can uh, figure, the. you know, we all understand. Based on that, he's doing good and healing what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So healing would be good, wouldn't it? So healing is a good thing, and God is a healing God, and Jesus is a healing Jesus. And we see Jesus heal the sick everywhere he goes. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. The works that I do, it's really the Father's works. It's God working through me, the Father working through me. So if you hear my voice, then you're hearing his voice, right? That's what he's saying. If you hear Jesus' voice, you're hearing the Father's voice. And if you hear his words, you're hearing the Father's words. You see his works, you see the Father's works. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing and all that were oppressed of the devil. So according to this verse, sickness and disease is an oppression of the devil. In some way, uh, I preached a message on a Sunday night more recently uh, and, and quoted this. I said this, uh, sickness and disease is a foul offspring of his father Satan and his mother sin. Doesn't mean the devil is, you know, on you necessarily. I'm just saying that it came from sin and Satan. Originally. And so sickness is in this earth and it's a curse. And we've established that from the word of God as well. And that healing is a blessing. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse. But in this verse it said, Jesus healed all that were sick. Praise God. Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil and cause it an oppression of the devil. Then it says, for God was with him. So you see in this verse, God the Father 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about, Jesus went about doing good by the Holy Spirit, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in agreement in this issue, as with all other issues as well. Because, you know, it's not like uh, God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit are not in agreement. And so, they're all in agreement concerning healing. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Thank you, Jesus. Now, consider the setting of this verse. What is the setting of this verse? It's Peter preaching in Cornelius' household. We all know this is the book of Acts, right? So now, Peter is rehearsing, or he is giving you a summary of the ministry of Jesus, isn't he? Now, if anybody knows about the ministry of Jesus, I would say Peter would know because Peter traveled with him, right? Peter was one of his primary disciples, one of the three primary disciples, and he had 12, and he talked to the three when he didn't talk to the others, right? All right, so If anybody knows Jesus' ministry and what it consisted of, then it would be Peter. And so Peter, summarizing the ministry of Jesus, this is what Jesus did. Remember, he went from city to city, cities and villages, preached in their synagogues, taught, and he preached the gospel, right? All right, so here Peter in the book of Acts, is saying, this is what Jesus' ministry consisted of. This is a summary of the ministry of Jesus. This is a primary focus of Jesus' ministry. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Praise God. So, Jesus healed all. Everybody say, healed all. Anybody could receive healing from Jesus if they would just simply receive it and believe it. Praise God forever. So healing is the will of God, and we've established numerous verses that he healed all. He healed all. He healed all. I gave you one verse there. He didn't heal everyone in one certain case because of their unbelief. But in most cases, he healed all that were sick. Everyone that came to him believing received. Thank you, Jesus. So healing is, everybody say for all. You find this same kind of phrase in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 5 verse 16. Healed everyone. Healed how many? Everyone. So you got the book of Acts following the gospels. Now, what does it say in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits Who forgives all thine iniquities and who heals all thy diseases. Now, he heals everyone and he heals every sickness in everyone. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. And he wants to come and reveal himself to us in the form of healing. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is a healing Jesus. And everyone can receive healing from him. And everyone can receive healing in every part of their body. Praise God forever. I said praise God forever. 
Now, we know people want to be healed because they go to get healed. They do everything they know to do. and uh, Not everything. They always know. But you understand. People try. They go to the doctor. They take medicine. They do things to give themselves health. And we should do whatever we need to do and whatever we can do. Right? right? But one way, of course, is supernaturally. Whether you're going to the doctor, you still ought to pray. Amen. Pray when you go. Believe for wisdom for the doctor. Believe for wisdom in your own heart, in your own mind, that God would direct and order your steps. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus is my healer. Healing is the will of God. I believe. I receive health and healing in my body. I live long. I live strong. In Jesus' name. Say it again. I live long and I live strong in Jesus' name. Say it again. I live long and I live strong in Jesus' name. I'm blessed in my spirit. I'm blessed in my mind. I'm blessed in my body in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God for His goodness.